Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. everybody. Welcome back to The End in Mind. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest with me here today. This is Cecilia. She is a Pinterest marketing consultant manager. She does all the things Pinterest. Thank you so much for being here, Cecilia. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be doing this and to be talking with you. (laughs) Yay. It's going to be great. If you all haven't heard Cecilia and I, we've done lives together. We talk a lot about marketing on Instagram, LinkedIn. So if you want to get a little taster into some of our conversations, definitely send me a DM and I'm happy to share those links with you all. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself to jumpstart today? Yeah, of course. So I'm Cecilia Amato. I'm a Pinterest marketing manager and consultant. I do a lot of education as well as to what marketing on Pinterest looks like. Um, It's still kind of niche area of marketing, but I kind of handle it all, the graphic design, the copywriting, the strategy, all the good things. I'm also, also was a, a nurse before. So a lot, a lot of my background kind of comes into my marketing as well. I like always try to keep the marketing, you know, really honest and very, you know, and feel very intuitive marketing that, that feels, that feels good. So, so as a result, I work with a lot of wellness companies, but as long as people are doing it for the betterment of others, you know, I can really align with that. So that's, that's who I am. Yay. That's perfect. Yeah. A lot of our listeners, as I'm sure, you know, are highly sensitive entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of us come to the show for personal development. Maybe if we're not entrepreneurs yet, 
you know, they're in the process of making that pivot. So I'd love to know when you're marketing and when you're creating your marketing, I know you also have a team, which is so lovely, Mm -hmm. how do you help them feel into your intuition or like share those topics with them? Have you found an easy way to make that transition or what's your been, been your experience? Yeah. Cause it, it can be challenging to be sure when you're trying to market yourself. Um, but you also need a team of helpers. Sometimes I think it starts with picking the right people that like understand you. So the, the team that I hired, we have very similar background and they're very, very, very kind and very good at listening. And they're very, very open to feedback and they love communication and like frequent communication. So I talk to them face-to-face once a week and we don't just talk about marketing. Like we talk about like all kinds of topics as well. You know, it just gets better with time. It does take time for people to kind of understand you. And it, and that comes with working with any social media manager or marketing manager. I think the most important thing is working with someone who can like nail your voice and really um, people don't feel the middleman in between. Like it really feels like it's coming um, directly from you. So I think that takes some time and and sometimes it's not a bad thing to work with other people because sometimes they can help express what you're trying to say better than you can yourself. Like I am not um, a talented writer. I'm not a, like, I'm, I'm not like the best public speaker. Like I have to take moments to think before I speak So like, for example, like one of my um, assistants, like I sent her a reel of myself talking and I take a lot of time to think before I talk. So she like really graciously cut out like all of the silences and all of the ums. And when the reel was done, I was like, wow, I look so, I sound so good, you know? So sometimes it's really good to have that other person, um, It's also helpful too, in a way to have like a third person kind of help you because people tend to, especially marketers, they they tend to see you a little, I think they see you a little bit better than you see yourself in a way. Like they can see your strengths maybe clearer than you can see your own strengths. So sometimes sometimes there's a lot of content you don't want to share because you're like, no one would care about this. Like, why would anyone want to listen to this? But then having that third person listen to it, they can see the potential where you don't see it, or they can see, you know, like I never saw myself ever speaking to the camera, but like my VA, she's so amazing. She's like the best hype woman ever. She like loves when I talk. She like loves videos of me. She thinks I'm like the queen of like IG lives, which is like f- the furthest thing from the truth. So I don't know. So I think it takes finding someone who thinks really, who sees you in a really positive light and sees the potential in you and can also see the vision of where you're trying to go that can really help you express yourself better than you can express yourself. But it does take time. You need to, I I feel like it helps that I'm like friends with my assistant. So she knows me and knows what I value. And, and, um, you know, so I try to communicate a lot of like warmth in my messaging. And so she really gets that about me. So she communicates that in my messaging as well, but that's more, that's more so I would say for like Instagram and Facebook, um, other platforms where I'm a little more shy and I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, they, she kind of helps me with that. But then of course, 
you know, I'm much more bold and expressive on like Pinterest where I feel more like myself. So, you know, it's hard to be comfortable in, in all everywhere online. So, but yeah, that's kind of how I do it as well. And also you need to like be really in touch with yourself as well and know yourself and be willing to be vulnerable with others and tell someone when something doesn't sound like you need to know yourself. Otherwise you will never be able to express yourself authentically, you know, until after the fact. And that happens to me too. Sometimes I have content that comes out and then after a while, I'm like, something feels off about it, you know, and it it's an iterative process and you're like, oh, okay. I think maybe if I had said that differently, that would sound more like me. So I don't know. It's, it's a process. Yeah, no, that I love what you brought up your last point. I have like so many thoughts, but when you were talking about like the values and how you choose someone to work with and like why that's so important when you're building a team or you're hiring a manager, even when clients are working you like with you, you're choosing them as much as they're choosing you. And I find that that's the biggest piece to building a long-term profitable company, you know, that a lot of us misstep or we'll just take any of the clients. And then what you said at the end about really knowing yourself and like being able to discern, I would say that, or I wouldn't say that and what that can do for your brand. So can you tell us a little bit more about when you're working with your clients and like how that dynamic, you know, in your current business has also started to overflow and have impact. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I'm getting better at. It's something that I've realized that kind of sets me apart maybe from other marketers, like is how much I want to get to know my clients before I start doing work for them. Like initially it's more, initially I I was more like cut and dry, like here, here are some questions I have for you to answer and then kind of go from there. But now, you know, I'm realizing like, I feel like the key to success with working with any manager is like knowing what the other is thinking in a way. Like it's really hard to get the feel for another person unless you like spend time with them and talk to them. So, so I've seen my services kind of evolve in that way. So like really taking the time to deep dive into someone else's world, understand who they are, um, and, you know, get a little more vulnerable with them. Like, what are, what are your values? What are you hoping to attract? Sometimes I get a little woo woo with my clients and I'm like, what are, what's your Zodiac sign? Or like, do are you into human design? Can you tell me about that? And that really paints a picture in my mind of like, oh, this is who you are. This is what you value. And then that way I know, okay, I know this is the kind of content that they would like um, versus something else, you know, like, for example, like, because there's many different styles of like pin design on Pinterest, if you're familiar with it, it's like a visual platform. And it's just, um, you get these little images or videos um, to represent um, a piece of content that links you to uh, some other website somewhere online. But uh, I spent a lot of time with this client, like studying her social media and studying her website and talking to her. And I, you know, and she was, you know, graciously gave me a lot of information about like 
um, her, her like sun sign, moon sign, all of that stuff. And I really started to get a feel like, okay, this is what she values. Like I can really tell just looking at her social media that she, um, she, she likes things like simple and natural. She's like, she's not fussy. She wants things authentic and simple and like ground, you know, I, I like would go through her website and try to find words that kept coming up over and over. So like the word grounding came up a lot. The word balance came up a lot. So, um, so all of that leads to me like creating a, like a Pinterest branding kit basically, because these are the words that I want to, that I want to make sure appear on her Pinterest content. So all of that really is in the long run to make her happy and to make her feel like it's almost like she herself made the content herself. Cause I feel like that can sometimes be the biggest obstacle between people hiring out is that like, they want their marketing to feel authentic, but they don't trust that someone can like do that for them to feel that like third person, you know, in the room helping. So I think that's how I kind of create that dynamic with them. Also like choosing to work with clients that I can tell are really open hearted and find it easy to talk about themselves and what they care about, you know, knowing what is it about marketing that make maybe makes them feel insecure and like how I can fill that gap for them. But yeah, the relationship is like super important, like super sacred, you know, like with clients, because that's where all the ideas come from. And that's where the trust, you know, comes from. So, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great point. Like I really resonate with everything that you said, starting with the values and getting the right clients in. It's like, we can't really take on their way of thinking unless we find similarities in ourselves as marketers with our clients. And one thing that I like that you touched on as well is like almost making them understand that we're not going to be able to get inside their heads. So A lot of us marketers, majority of the time when we're starting our agencies or management, we're working with other entrepreneurs or solopreneurs that have never outsourced before ever. So there's also a lot of like learning curves with that. And I find that because you have outsourced and you've had that experience, it actually Mm -hmm. gives there's so much more insight that many entrepreneurs don't get until year three or four of being in business. You know, for myself, like, I think I had one team member that was like managing my posts or something, but it was just scheduling, you know? So it wasn't really like outsourcing the full thing, which you have done so beautifully. And even though there's a transition period for everything, now that you've settled in, like, how do you feel that it's impacted your service as well as doing that so early on? That's a good question. It helps me really listen. I think when clients are telling me what they want, instead of Instead of thinking in my mind ahead of time, like doing everything yourself, you come to meetings sometimes with holding back maybe parts of yourself because you're like, I don't, you know, there's only so much you can do. So you have to, it keeps you, it keeps you honest. Let's just say it keeps you honest with yourself and it keeps you honest with the client about what you can and can't offer. Sometimes when you work alone, you want to promise the same to someone as maybe your competitor who has people helping them, but it puts you in a bad position where you you like realistically just don't know if you can really fulfill everything they ask. 
And I think that's my biggest guilt as a service provider is like, I want to give everything that they ask for, like within reason. So having that support really makes you feel, it makes me feel better when I go to meetings and when I communicate with people and with saying what I can or can't do. It takes a lot of the pressure off, especially when, I mean, I mean, that's the thing with marketing is like, everyone's results are going to be different. You you can't compare your results to someone that has way more resources and has been around way more longer and that kind of thing. And then someone come to you and be like, I want that result, you know? So having realistic conversations from the beginning is really important and being realistic with yourself as well and really understanding what you're really good at and and leaning into that and i've i've kind of found personally and maybe you found this too but like i feel like people feel a lot safer knowing that i have help <laughs> like like i think they feel <laughs> it also holds it keeps them from holding back too cuz like sometimes clients i think will be like you know i know you're working alone so i'll just have you just do this or i don't want to ask too much of you but I want them to ask more of me, you know? So I think it makes them feel better and it makes me feel better. And it really allows us to really think bigger and plan bigger than if we were just like, I don't know, pessimistic from the outstart, you know? So having a team of people really gives you the freedom to think bigger um, and feel safer about sharing about what you want and that kind of thing. I resonate with that so much too. Even like a lot of us don't talk about this, but it's something that's been coming up for me this week a lot. And I'm thinking I'll do a whole nother episode just on this, but like really having a fear of success. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't even think when you work as a solopreneur, and of course, if anyone wants to like screenshot and debate me on this, message me (laughs) in the DMs. Mm-hmm. But like, even as a solopreneur, like, you know, your ceiling is probably maxed at like three yeah. clients, especially right. when you're working in marketing and you're constantly creating content, you know, like there's just mm-hmm. so only so many hours in the day that you can like physically be on your computer creating. Mm-hmm. And for me, like that capacity was hit pretty quickly. And I just continued to like push myself and it made things so much worse. Like mm-hmm. I ended up basically imprisoning myself to my company you know like that's how it felt like it was like a jail cell I think I've shared that with you before like in our personal conversations and I've definitely shared that on the show and my goal for this show is that people don't get to that level like hopefully some of the personal development work can help them foresee this future. And I think everything that you've done when it comes to building your business is you exactly said it perfectly, like planning for the future you've already set up today. So you can start to grow and like expand outside of the capacity that you could just do. And I thought the perspective of your clients as well, like that's so interesting. I've actually never thought of it like that, but it's so true. Even Mm -hmm. some of my clients now, like when I'm chiming in, because they have like an account manager for the social media team, Mm -hmm. they'll be like, 
Caitlin, we know you're so busy. Like, like, that's why we're working together. You know, like, like, you're paying me for my time. Like, please receive it. So Mm. it's very interesting how the client starts to feel as well, like as you're talking about a team and it kind of puts you into this next level role with them Mm -hmm. as you create this flow too. But the next question that I wanted to ask you actually has nothing to do with it and has more of what you talked about in the perfectionism of marketing. Mm. And actually, even before we got on, I'm like looking at my email and like somebody made a mistake on something. And Mm. immediately my mind is like, oh my gosh, what did we do wrong? You know, Mm. is it going to adjust her package? Is she mm-hmm. pissed off? Like mm-hmm. it feels like I'm that little girl again. I did yeah. something so bad, you know, like, yeah. cause I haven't totally. been my worth to them. or they start to question your value and like what you offer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so shitty as a marketer, like how mm-hmm. do you I know? Cause we've had these personal conversations and if you don't feel comfortable asking, answering this question, please don't feel mm-hmm. the need to. But just having this conversation around like, how can we go in not giving all of our value away? Because we're all Mm -hmm. inevitably going to make mistakes, you know, like, even though we have this great business, it's never always going to be perfect, you know? Gosh, yeah. I mean, I think that's so true. Even, even in other industries, it's just like, you know, of course, a lot of our pride comes from like making our clients happy, you know, having a having a positive client testimonial, just like po- constant positivity. It's a lot of pressure. It's not so often that people will share when things go wrong and how they how they pivoted or how they kept going or how not to internalize it. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've struggled with a lot too, even like before marketing and nursing as well. I mean, I feel like there's always going to be, and it's just, it's just based on the life experience of your clients. Like some of them just don't have the experience to really understand the value you bring. Of course, it's like very painful when someone doesn't see the value. You know, I think like one of, one of the most like scarring conversations I think I ever had was like with someone and they, uh, I was just networking and they asked me like how much my packages start at. And I told them and they were like, oh, that's that's like expensive. And then I felt like when he said that it made me feel it made me feel like, am I like, am I really not worth that much? You know, Um, kind of like made me question everything. But then I was like, but I'm really not. It's really not that bad compared to other people. So I don't know. I don't know. I think some of us, our minds are stuck in the past. We want things to stay easy. I think, I think a lot of people, I don't know. I think it it has to do with the clients themselves and the stories they tell themselves about, you know, maybe their, their comfortability with paying for certain things, or maybe they're not, yeah. very, they're maybe they're not very secure with how much value they bring or I don't know, but it's hard. And I mean, I I think it's important to have a social network um, when you're working uh, in your industry. It's the reason why I think referral partners work so great in some ways, better than any other kind of lead gen, because sometimes your referral partners are from the same industry as you, maybe have similar education as you, similar work experiences. So they see you probably more accurately than a client may see you. 
So honestly, I, I almost feel like I value the opinions of like people in my industry more in a way, because they're the only ones that really know like what it takes to do our job. And the same is true, you know, even with nursing, like, you know, like every nurse has had a really bad day where they 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 weren't their best. They didn't look their best. But like it, it's an unspoken code among nurses that we don't really at least for for most for most nurses, it's an unspoken code that like we don't judge each other. We all know deep down that we're worthy of our job and we're good at our job. You know, we just have bad days. So, you know, and I like to think that having bad days makes you better because it's going to keep you from being arrogant. Think of yourself as too good to do any kind of work or do it. And I, th- I think it makes you a better person to lead, to, to lead a team because team members will always make mistakes. So I don't know. I mean, ultimately, yeah, it's like, again, I think it kind of comes down to changing this idea of like, we need to say yes um, to anyone that shows interest in being a client, because like, ultimately, you want to work with people that have their feet on their ground. I don't know, It, it helps when everyone's kind of in the same reality they see us as a team and not like as as long as they don't look at me like I'm working for them like but like I'm not a servant you know like this is I am doing this for you you know I don't know I wouldn't really trust I mean again this is like another thing with like authentic marketing and kind of where my nursing kind of influences my marketing like I never try to like over promise anything. Um, and I think it's really unethical to do that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's my thoughts on that. No, that's perfect. And like what kept coming up as you were saying that like before you even said the reality thing, I was thinking like perception is reality, you know, like the narratives that you mentioned that they're telling themselves and there might be so many other things happening behind the scenes. Like, And we might think that we know and we have no clue. Like in the past, I used to like write these stories about why in my head, about why this client let me go or Mm. why this client wasn't fulfilled by the work that I provided. Mm -hmm. It ended up leading back to, you know, like that story of like the guilt and like I'm the problem and, you know, Mm. all these like negative thought loops. But I love how you said is as long as you're showing up and you're expressing the value that you could offer, like as marketers, we literally can't promise anything. So whenever a client comes back to me and they're irritated with the results or like that's happened over the years, none of my clients now really luckily ever have that (laughs) issue. Yeah, But it's like, it does happen, you know, even in some Uh of the clients that you feel like you're in love with that, like they're your best friend, like they might end up, you know, like having a bad day over analyzing things. Like you said, we're all human. So if you can lead with that, like empathy for them as well, for whatever, you probably have no idea what's going on in their life and also hold space for yourself and knowing that your job is not your value. Like even Mm -hmm. though we as entrepreneurs put so much of that energy into creating this identity, it really is a job, you know? (laughs) Like, of course we want to make impact. Of course we want to help people. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, all we can control is ourselves. We can advise, we can create, we can market. Are they even optimizing off of it? 
Most mm -hmm. of us marketers know 90% of the time, no, you know, those clients aren't utilizing the service to the, mm -hmm. the best of their ability. And that's not for every client, but I just share that with all of our marketers and people that run agencies. Yeah. They'll understand what I mean when I say that. It's just like not mm -hmm. all the time your client coming back and they have a solid sales funnel or they mm -hmm. have a place where they want these leads to go. Those clients, we really can't work for them, you know, mm -hmm. because then we'll never be able to show them an ROI. Mm -hmm. And if that's all they're focusing on, like be weary of hiring that client, you know, they need mm -hmm. to have more of that holistic view, at least for Cecilia and I, we have very similar ideal clients about how they're approaching their community. And they really have to come from the standpoint of like brand awareness, I believe, in order for them to get what they want out of working with Meraki or just at least in our management agency side, or they just won't get it. They won't understand what they're being provided with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, and honestly, like what sets you apart maybe from someone else in your industry is the way you feel about your mistakes. So like, if the way you feel about your mistakes is that it's always the client's fault, then like that is like a red flag. But if you feel a lot of responsibility and you're already planning to do things differently in the future, I think ultimately that's more important. And that's true of like anyone you ever hire. It's true of clients. It's It's how you feel about making mistakes that will kind of determine where things go. Cause yeah, it's really easy to label yourself like a failure or label yourself like a, like you're bad at what you do. But yeah, I mean, luckily like, you know, my husband is like my therapist and like, he tells me, you know, he's like, at least you feel, <laughs> you feel remorse, you know, and that's like a huge thing. And you're already planning to do something differently about it next time. I know like sometimes we don't think of mistakes as increasing our value, but I kind of think they do because you've been in that situation before. So if it happens again, like you're going to move past it faster, you know, like the biggest marketing agencies in the world have been through every bad situation, but they've handled it and they, they have now a protocol in place for the future. Again, I'm talking like a nurse, but like, every protocol that exists exists because of a failure somewhere in the system. And also kind of seeing like mistakes are systemic. That's another thing I learned in healthcare. You know, it can sometimes feel like, oh, it was me. You know, this is all a failure because I'm a failure. But that's rarely ever true. It's usually something bigger. Once you fix the systemic error, you don't need to ever like think about it again, you know? And you become more and more like an automated, like well-oiled machine. But that only happens with many, many failures, kind of like um, in engineering. I mean, it's just tons of failure until you finally get something to work, whether I don't know. So it's just it's it's just the nature of the beast. But it, I think it's like how you feel about it and your attitude about it, not letting it destroy you, of course, but also not just ignoring it you know because you because there are people out there that just kind of like don't care about being better they already think they're the best and think they're you know and those you know and people that like don't think they ever make mistakes and that's like honestly 
more dangerous. So I don't know, but yeah, I think it's always going to be a struggle, but knowing your own value with time, eventually like you'll have more good experiences than bad. But in the beginning, when you don't have many experiences, like it can feel like it's forever and it can feel like your destiny. But I mean, I think everyone, even when I was a new nurse, the first two years are like the hardest because you're battling these beliefs about yourself, about like whether you belong in this industry and if you're going to be this bad forever, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not for, you know, the person that maybe doesn't want to challenge these beliefs or like challenge this thought process because you're probably not going to be a great entrepreneur. You know, how you said you have to lead with the curiosity of marketing. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. if you are in agency position, like listen to that, please. You have to experiment, especially in today's world. Like if someone's giving you a blueprint for your social media, it's highly likely that they are not doing the heavy lifting they should be doing. And Cecilia and I know this like firsthand. A lot of our clients come to us after they've worked with other practitioners, they've gotten other consultants, and we have to undo some of the things that they've done. So mm-hmm. if you are thinking about Pinterest in your business as kind of our parting question today, can you share with us what the first steps are? Like what type of business should we have? Can it be applied anywhere? Meaning like service-based products. What do you see would be best for the business owners that are listening today based around Pinterest? Yeah. I mean, I imagine there's probably a lot of service providers listening um, that might also happen to have products that they sell. So it really starts with, to be ready for Pinterest, it's a little bit like you need to have had some experience with visibility online, um, comfort with being visible online, and have you gotten to a place where you value creating an audience, whether, and it, and you do that by regularly creating content in the form of like written, like blogging or YouTube or um, Instagram, you need to be showing up online regularly. Um, And from there, it's really like, are you, have you been leveraging your content to put it on your website? Have you been um, already, once you've kind of started to tip your, uh, dip your toes into more like the world of like search engine marketing and and not just social media, then I would say you're ready for that when you're starting to realize like, okay, like I also want to make myself easier for people to find me if they're all, if they already know what I, what I'm offering and the value of it. And there's people looking for me, how do I make myself more visible to them? And those people tend to go to search engines to look for them. So um, usually if you've already started like getting like getting into YouTube or trying to blog for SEO. That's usually when it's like a good time to start with Pinterest. And Pinterest is good to start as early as you can, just because it actually increases it over time with value. And that can, it can be hard to keep up 
if there's been someone else also been on Pinterest, maybe longer, a little bit like the stock market, the earlier you put in your money, like the more it's going to return with some kind of value. And the value is basically website traffic. So it's really about people that have spent the time to optimize their website, have created a library of content on their website and are serious about using, leveraging the content on their website to bring people to their website, that's when they're ready for Pinterest. So I think once you get to a point where you you have at least like 15 different like pages on your website containing different valuable pieces of content, whether it's a product or a piece of information, education, testimonial, anything like that, it means you're ready to start you know, posting, sharing on, on Pinterest as a service provider. I, I think it's invaluable to be a content creator anyway. I think it's really difficult to try to market yourself online and not be a content creator. So if you're not there yet, it might be better to wait. Instagram is where people start. Cause that's where, that's the first time they ever create content for their brand, like ever. So I think once someone feels like they have a good idea of who they are, their branding, the content that they're offering, then I would say that they're ready for that. And that, um, and then, yeah. And then it's just from there, it's just setting up an onboarding call to get to know each other better. And really, I think people maybe are afraid of creating pins, but it's really, it shouldn't be scary. It's not like you're reinventing the wheel. It's a lot of like repurposing for another platform and optimizing it for that platform. And that's where hiring an expert in that platform is really helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. So amazing. And I love how you walked us through like product and service, just service, just product. So like, thank you so much for giving us that. And how can we all get in touch with you when we are ready for Pinterest? If some people already are maybe even just contacting Cecilia, she will look at your account. You know, we stress the honesty here today and um, yeah, just open up, open up to us helping you if you need it, because you probably need it. If you're listening to this show, you're probably at that point. Yeah. I mean, to work with me. So I have a website um, at Amato. Um, a M as in Mary, A T O creativeworks.com. Um, and that's where you can go to set up a call with me, uh, or just email me, Cecilia at amato creativeworks.com, uh, to figure out what stage you're at and what kind of, uh, services or, or help you need at, at this point. So. Yay, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This is so fun. Yeah. And then my Instagram is at Amato Creative. Uh, but yeah, this has been super fun. The time has flown by. So thanks for letting me talk. <laughs> my gosh, always. I love your expertise and everything that you shared. It's so relatable for us because you understand where we're coming from. But you're also, you know, a few steps ahead in the sense of like you have this team and you know, I think today's topic was definitely driven home. But for all of our listeners, really listen to what Cecilia has been able to do. I think she's the epitome of putting money towards her business so that she knows it will grow in the most intuitive way that actually works for her lifestyle now, instead of trying to adapt her lifestyle to fit her business. 
And it can work this way. So please reach out to her about Pinterest. She can help you. Um, And yeah, thank you so, so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.